Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Flight of the Fat Lady. Um, We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Guys, we're in the same room. Look. Hey! (laughs) What? Oh. (laughs) I hit her. Ooh. And I dropped something. That's what you get. (laughs) Sorry. I was excited. I wanted them to know that we're... But you don't have to punch me. But it was a good way to prove. I'm going to have a bruise. No, you're not. I am. I barely touched you. Okay. Anyway, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you want to submit, check out the website for guidelines and examples from some of our previous submissions. Um, love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Um, please consider donating to Black Girls Nerd Out. We have a lot of awesome things we want to do, including um, things that we're doing in the next shoot. I don't have my calendar up. This is Tiny Wimey, but like that we're doing now. <laughs> Robin's probably at LaViosacon, maybe not. Um, and Comic Con, and we're going to London at the, at the beginning of August. So we have a lot of stuff we are doing, but would love to have some financial support so that we are not broke um, when we get back. I'm already planning on just like ramen and sadness um, until September, October, November. Fuck until January. Let's yeah. just say until the new year starts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To be completely honest. At this point. Um, but that's cool. We're still going. It's gonna be awesome. But if you can help, that would be equally as awesome. Um, if not more so. Agreed. Subscribe to our newsletter each week. Most weeks, um, we share nerd news and the things that we're kind of nerding out. The the title of the newsletter is, what are these black girls nerding out about this week? Um, Because we let you know the stories that have made us the most excited and also that we just think are really cool. Um, It comes out on Fridays. You can subscribe on blackgirlsnerdout.com. It's not all Potter News, obviously, but um, there is some Potter news and a lot of, you know, other good news. Doctor Who makes a mention almost every time. Marvel. Hamilton. Hamilton, whatever's happening with Lynn um, and the cast. And guys, listen. since we're doing a lot of timey-wimey episodes and there won't really be news on these episodes... um it's a good place to check out the actual news yeah. at the time that it's news because we don't we don't know the future. We ain't got time. Oh, I do have time turners. Oh, I was going to give you my time turner, but I broke the other one. Rude. How rude that I don't give you something that belongs to me. That you broke it. I didn't mean to, obviously. It's still rude. I was going back in time and it got damaged. Anyway, so, um, yes, go to blackgirlsnerdout.com. And subscribe. Um, follow us at We Black and Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Black Girls Nerd Out, Instagram, Black Girls Nerd Out, Tumblr, Black Girls Nerd Out, um, Wizard Team Facebook group. Um, you is should, lit. You should join that. It is lit. Um, shout out. I think 
Kim and Cindy. Ah, I wish I, I should just have this up just to like give shout outs to really cool things that happened in the group. They were talking about you were talking about it. We were all talking. It was it was a subject about Stan Shunpike and oh. what the deal was with him and um yeah, there were a lot of people there were a lot of comments, but I think Kim started the thread. Kim Lloyd, uh, shout out to you. That was a really interesting thread. And I didn't, sometimes it's like great to have the Facebook group too, because I can follow along with the arguments and I didn't really have anything to add. Cause I was like, I agreed with a lot of people, but like also there were things that were like interesting, but I just didn't feel like I was like, I don't want to be like, I agree, you know, <laughs> or that's interesting. I feel like those are really like useless comments, but, um, it was, it was a, like, a reaffirming reason to have the Facebook group because it was something that you don't... Like, we don't have time sometimes to really get in deep about, like, characters like Stan and mm-hmm. the motivations behind that. And even, like, in terms of the book, it's, like, kind of a thing that's talked about, but it's not delved into deeply, and we will never really have an answer. But it's a very interesting question, especially given our current political climate and the things that were alluded to in the... Facebook group um, were just deep and spot on. And so you guys should join the group so that you could be privy to some of those um, unexpectedly amazing conversations. So Potter birthdays. Um, happy birthday to Aminata. Hey, the she's, brightest witch of her age. She's four today. Happy um, birthday. And it's timey-wimey, but we still want to say happy birthday to the kid. To the youngest of the Wizard Team co-host. Yep. Happy birthday. Now let's get into it. Because you know what's happening? The flat lady is going to fly. Flee. It's getting serious. I don't have my... Oh, wait. I do have my notes. Serious. Serious. Okay. Okay. I feel like you should calm down a little bit. Should I? Because I have so many... Thoughts. You can have thoughts. And feelings. Oh! That's that's what we're here for. Sorry, we do have some news. Do I we? It's timey-wimey and whatever. We, you guys are probably sick of this already, but there is a post about Sirius Black and his birthday being November 2nd. Oh, yeah. And him being basically arrested and put in jail probably on his birthday and his best friend slash family being put to laid to rest on basically right around his birthday because they die on the 31st. They probably were buried on like the third. I don't know what the timeline is. It's different, different cultures, religions, etc. about magical how abilities. magical. What do you mean? Like wizards may not do it the same way as muggles. Oh, okay. I thought you meant magical abilities like Dumbledore laid in state for 10 days. Whereas, no. Like, <laughs> they no. were just like, all right, no, James. Maybe not abilities, but like, um, I don't know. How to if, you, if you are able to do ma- magical yeah. or not magical people. Yeah. Okay. I was like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, but sometimes like non, like muggles lay in state. It's just like if you're an important person. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it just like made me really sad because we do all of this talk about the Marauders and how much we love the Marauders. And I just kind of realized that JK never loved the Marauders. She never loved them. Remember? JK really never loved us. <laughs> She on her worst behavior. Remember. All right, let's get into let's, let's it. Let's get into the flight of the flat lady. Um, Previously, oh, yeah. 
previously on Wizard Team. Um, we had the best Defense Against Dark Arts lesson ever, 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 which was awesome. And Remus is the best. Snape is also the ro- the worst, but he. Um, well, you know, he kind of he didn't really get his comeuppance. We just got to see how just how horrible he is because he's literally the thing that Neville fears the most in the entire world. Also, um, though, he did go out of his way to um, contribute to Malfoy's bullying mm-hmm. of, of Harry and Harry Ron. And Ron. Um, but he was like, you know what? I was terrible in Chapter 7, but I could do better. Let's um, get into that. In no time at all, Defense Against the Dark Arts had become... Um, most people's favorite class, only Draco Malfoy and his gang of Slytherins had anything bad to say about Professor Lupin. Look at the state of his robes, Malfoy would say in a loud whisper as Professor Lupin passed. He dresses like our old house elf. Old house elf because Dobby is free. Right. But just lots of, lots of, uh, classism and racism and all that stuff. And privilege masquerading as, um... And disrespect of authority, because he, he says it as Lupin, like, walks it, by. Yeah, he says it in, in a way that he can like, hear him. Yeah. But I Which, think... Yeah. I want to say, like... I have to, like, figure out the best way to talk about this, because it's something that I have clocked so many times, and I think a lot of people have, and it's just a very disturbing trend. Um, magic... And magical people and non-magical people alike. This, like, your privilege meaning that you are somehow more deserving of humanity than mm-hmm. others. And this is really like that, too. It's like, Professor Lupin is an objectively good teacher. Everyone is very excited about learning from him and what they're learning. And he has a system and um, a way to get people involved and also to, like, like how he treated Neville, like get, want, get lower level students or students with not as much confidence like involved and more confident Mm -hmm. like he he's he touches the students on their level in different ways and like it's very um like personal with his teaching um so what does it matter the state of his robes right like he could come in nude but if you're learning and you know how to defeat a boggart at the end of the class. Like, it might be a little uncomfortable to be like, well, I got to see all of you, <laughs> professor. But he's doing his job. Is that, so that has to be, somebody wrote that fan fiction, huh? Probably. I don't know, probably. Probably. I should really write more fan fiction because my headcanon game is strong. <laughs> well, we miss teaching his first lesson. <laughs> and naked. Nude. To like third years. I'm just saying though, like as a werewolf, it kind of reminds me of the Hulk. As a werewolf, what? (laughs) Like it kind of reminds me of the Hulk. Like I just never believed that his pants would maintain elasticity. Like, oh, your shirt rips to shreds, but your pants are good. But he's not a werewolf in the classroom, so why would he be? I'm just saying. I mean, yes, you you ruin one too many robes, and then he ain't got no job. I mean, now he has a job, but well, maybe he. Well, okay, (laughs) we're we're going here. Maybe he just like. (laughs) Since he knows, you know, I mean, you can, you know, when the full moon is coming. Yeah, so he locks like, himself up, and he takes his clothes off so he doesn't rip them. Well, then he has to put them somewhere where he can't get to them because he could still see. <laughs> Welcome to my head. Oh my goodness! Um, All right. So um, no one else cared about Professor Lupin's ro- that Professor Lupin's robes were patched and frayed. His next few lessons were as interesting as the first. After Boggarts, he studied red caps. Nasty little goblin-like creatures that lurked wherever there had been bloodshed. 
Um, from red caps, they moved on to kappas, creepy water dwellers that look like scaly monkeys with webbed hands itching to strangle unwitting waiters in their ponds. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry only wished he was as happy with some of his other classes. And here we go. Worst of all was potions. Snape was in a particularly vindictive mood, and no one has, was in any doubt as to why. The story of the boggart assuming Snape's shape and the way that Neville had dressed it in his grandmother's clothes had traveled through the school like wildfire. Snape didn't seem to find it funny, and he was bullying Neville worse than ever. Um, okay, real quick. He didn't... Well, so, two things. You skipped part of I it. I skipped That's it, important. Yeah. yeah. His eyes flashed menacingly at the very mention of Professor Lupin, and he was bullying Neville worse than ever. So, part of it, before we get into him being, like, the worst, I think a part of him, like... He bullies Neville, but I think the other side of that is a part of him feels like Lupin did that on purpose and that it's just another furthering of, like, the bullying that the Marauders did to him when he was a kid. Not saying... And this isn't even a... This is nothing to do with... I mean, it has to do, obviously, like, in terms of cause to mm-hmm. his bullying of Neville, but in terms of just, like, the what he's feeling. Yeah. Um, and not... Yeah, and not even as an excuse, but just that's what he's feeling. Um... I think that's interesting because he sees it as more it's like it's humiliating it's like the same thing that they did to me when I was it's Lupin uh, humiliating him as opposed to stopping and being like how did the bogger take that form Lupin didn't force the bogger to take that form Lupin didn't say that and even and I mean he did prompt the 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 um the clothes the, the clothes which was great but I also think that that's valid because he um he saw an opportunity. He like, saw an opportunity. Neville just told him that Snape is the thing that he fears highest in, like, ever in the mm-hmm. world, period. Um, so, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. make that, you're going to make the person, you're gonna, especially if it's a teacher, like, make them comical so that you don't fear them, fear them as much. It just so happens that Snape and Lupin happen to, like, have, have a history, history. Um, that goes way deeper than that. And um, I, we were talking about this, it came up on Twitter, um, with a listener who I can't remember because my brain is shite, but talking about Lupin versus Snape and um, the bullying. And it's funny to me because as much as like the Marauders did bully Snape, I'm not saying that they didn't bully Snape, mm-hmm. Snape always seemed to me to think of himself as like the victim but he bullied others that but then also and like he didn't recognize the, what he did as bullying right and i think the other thing is that so i the other thing is okay yeah the marauders were horrible to snape but it's not like snape was some like innocent innocent or even not even, or just year. helpless kid yeah right so it's like there's um it might be in this book, but it may be later on think, when um, it, when the rivalry between James, Sirius, and Snape is um, compared to the rival between, like, Harry and, and, and Malfoy. Yeah, and Malfoy. Um, and, like, yes, while Harry doesn't, like, specifically go out and t- out of his way to, like, attack Draco in the, in the streets, um, it's still, like... It's still similar, and I think that we, and you know what I mean, so I think it's so, it's on an extra level, but it's not, like, we even hear, like, after we see the whole scene of, um, of James and Sirius, like, attacking Snape, we also see, we also hear that he would attack them whenever they were walking down the hall. Like, it was a thing that they both did, we just happened to see one side of it, Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's not to excuse either of them, Yeah, but... 
it's, I think that sometimes we say, oh, well, he bullied Snape based off of, like, this one thing that we saw, whereas, and, like, yeah, they were rude to him, and they, like, from the minute they but met, they were, like, not antagonists. They were anta- yeah, and they both did horrible things to each other, so I just feel like it's... I, I feel like the thing that where that, that comparison between the Marauders and Snape, or James and Snape and Harry and Malfoy really fits the mo- the best, or... Is the fact that like they were they went back and forth they were antagonistic to each other and we're seeing this we we do get this book from Harry's point of view so we mm-hmm. don't see how, how it really internalizes like the comebacks that what we see as comebacks but Malfoy right. may not experience in that way mm-hmm. um, but in the same vein like objectively Harry goes way too far and over the line with Septimsempra totally. totally over the line, oh but goodness. also immediately <laughs> understands that he went too far and right. feels terrible about it. Not excusing that, right. but he recognizes immediately, like, that was, was uncalled was for. Exactly. And I think the same thing happens with um, James trying to trick Snape into going to find well, that Remus. that Sirius who did that. And then oh, James yes. was like, hold up, fam. What What are you doing? Yeah. Like, what do you mean you did that? Yeah. Well, yeah. But, so, like, so I got them mixed up. But, but yeah, yeah, like, you know, and it was like. It, like, took him a minute <laughs> to get to that point. But at the same time, like, yeah. They, they don't wish. They wish ill on each other. But they don't want. It's not like. I don't know about Malfoy. But again, <laughs> one-sided. Um, but the fact that he says things like, I wish Granger died. Right. You know? But, like, they, they're not trying to, like... To me, bullying is, like, I kick you when you're down and unable to defend yourself, and I continue to kick you. Like, it's uneven, right? It's, like, James versus Goliath or something. It's, like, it's very... Is it it's James like Snape, or David. David, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but it's like it's like Snape and Neville. Yeah, exactly. Where exactly. It's like, and, the, and the way that Snape bullies Neville is not the same way that James and Sirius, um, like it's not the same as the relationship between the Marauders and Snape. Yeah, and like, or even Lupin as a professor and Snape. Right. And and, not, and, like, and, in, and in a way, as we'll see, because we should continue, Snape again has the upper hand on Lupin. And takes advantage of it mm-hmm. in a way that Lupin didn't do. Like, he probably found it funny that he was able to, like, teach Neville to dress Snape up in his grandmother's clothes. Right. Like, he had a chuckle. And it was because of the built-in, like, I don't really mess with him. Yeah. But, like you said, like, that was, it was an effective teaching tactic. It was not Lupin's, it's not Lupin's problem that Snape is who Neville feels fears more than anyone right. else. That's and Snape Snape's needs problem. to do some introspection. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, okay, you could be mad at Lupin for having that, like, for letting that happen, um, and kind of, like, guiding that <laughs> that result, but you should also be like, damn, I, I am the thing that this, like, 13-year-old kid is the most afraid of, and I'm his teacher. Maybe I should, like, rethink my life and my teaching strategies and, like, Wonder my personality. Wonder why he's not so great at potions. Right. You know, it's very hard to concentrate when you're fucking terrified. Right. But instead of that, he immediately just doubles down on bullying. Yeah. So Harry was, um, so yeah, his eyes flashed menacingly at the very mention of Professor Lupin and Snape was bullying Neville worse than ever. We go on to Harry is also dreading the hours he spent in Trelawney's tower room. Her enormous eyes filled with tears every time she looked at him. Pavardi, Patil, and Lavender Brown, and this is 
I was having a conversation earlier about the like the movies versus the books mm-hmm. and like why you should obviously read the books because um, it's like the movies only really tell half of the story and tell it from the point of view of like the celebrities you right. know mm-hmm. as opposed to like a little you know a bit of everyone but like mm-hmm. this is these sections are where you really get an idea for the personality of these minor characters and it really helps with the world building yeah. and making it feel full like you we already have a good vi- vision of Hogwarts and what life is like in the castle um but the people that they're encountering all the time and they're you know the cliques and who messes mm-hmm. with who and who's best friends like the fact that we know that like Angela Spinnett and like the, and, the mm-hmm. no Alicia Alicia Spinnett Angelina Johnson Katie Bell <laughs> are like close not only because they're the chasers on the Quidditch team, but they're, like, around the same age. They're mm-hmm. girls. They giggle together. You know, we, we understand that kind of, like, that's a click, right? We understand, like, it's Pavardi and Lavender, not, Papar- not Pavardi and Padma. Yeah. Um, and they're in different houses, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just just why? Um, but, like, these sections really help, I think, and are a big reason why I love the book so much is because you... I can have a headcanon in which Pavardi and Lavender... Like, start a slam book a la Mean Girls and, like, you know... Burn our, book. Burn book. And they're, they're mean to Hermione. And Hermione takes revenge in some, like, very <laughs> Hermione-esque way. Like, I can have that entire thing in my head and it's valid because I have enough of an idea of who they are as people. So, Pavardi and Lavender had taken to haunting Trelawney's tower room at lunchtime always returning with annoyingly superior looks on their faces as though they know things others didn't. They had also started using hushed voices whenever they spoke to Harry as though he were on his deathbed. They really have to chill. They need Uh, to chill. (laughs) Nobody really liked Care of Magical Creatures, which after the action-packed first class had become extremely dull. Um, Hagrid seemed to have lost his confidence. They were now spending lesson after lesson learning how to look after flobberworms, which had to be some of the most boring creatures in existence. Why would anyone bother looking after them, said Ron, after yet another hour of poking shredded lettuce down the flabberworm's slimy throats. And we never understand, we'd never know their magical Yeah, what do gift. they do? do? Do we? I mean, I can go grab Care of Magical Creatures, but, or no, Fantastic Beast. Yeah. But I wonder if they're even is it, Fantastic like, is Beast. It a fan- Are they Fantastic? <laughs> Are they beasts? <laughs> Are they just, like, regular-ass worms that, like, live in the magical. compost of the, yeah, or, like, magical dirt? Um, <clears throat> pull it out. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they're in here. I've actually never read these. Forward by Aldous Dumbledore. Aw. Acromantula, Basilisk, whatever that thing is. <laughs> Chinese Fireball. Are these all dragons? Okay. Are these not in any kind of... Okay, Flobberworm. Lives in damp ditches, a very... Or a thick brown worm reaching up to 10 inches in length. Ew. That's disgusting. The Flobberworm moves very little. One end is indistinguishable from the other, both producing the mucus from which its name is derived and which is sometimes used to thicken potions. The Flobberworm's preferred food is lettuce, so it will eat almost any vegetation. So basically, this is like rue or like flour that you use to thicken stew with. Ew. Like, that's their only use. I mean, yes, but I hate that you have to use, like, food. Mucus. For a worm. Ew. Or, like, lard. 
Oh my gosh, why does that gnome look like the peanut people from the Proud Family movie? <laughs> Closing the book. Oh my gosh, no. Wait, can we take a picture no, of that and put it up? we can later. Okay, because that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I am not even, like, no, literally. Okay. <laughs> looks dead on. It looks like a sketch of the We're going at Apple. We're not going to start talking movie. about The Proud Family. That movie's amazing, and it needs to be on Netflix so that I can watch it again. The Proud Family needs to be on Netflix. Um, all of it. Oh, but Disney, it's impossible. I think, I think all of Disney is going to be there on, in September. Oh! <laughs> okay. It's impossible. Back man. to Harry Potter. Okay, so... Um, so, at the start of October, however, Harry had something else to occupy him, something so enjoyable it more than made up for his unsatisfactory classes. The Quidditch season was approaching, and Oliver, Oliver Wood, <laughs> Oliver Wood, captain of the Gryffindor team, called a meeting one Thursday evening to discuss tactics for the new season. Um, there's some summary about what Quidditch is. We all know what Quidditch is at this point. Um, there was a quiet sort of desperation in Wood's voice as he addressed his fellow, his six fellow team members in the chilly locker room of on the edge of uh, the darkening Quidditch field. This is our last chance, my last chance, to win the Quidditch Cup, he told them. I'll be leaving at the end of this year. I'll never get another shot at it. Gryffindor hasn't won for seven years now. Okay, so we've had the worst luck in the world, injuries, then the tournament getting called off last year. Wood swallowed as though the memory still brought a lump to his throat. Not the fact <laughs> that, that people, people were close to death. Yeah. It was but the, that Quidditch was canceled. It was Quidditch canceled. Um, but, but we also know that we've got the best ready team in the school, he said, punching his fist into his hand, the old manic glint back in his eye. We've got three superb chasers. We've got two unbeatable beaters. Stop it, Oliver. You're embarrassing us, said Fred and George together, <laughs> pretending to blush. They're the best. Um, and we've got a seeker who's never failed to win us a match. Um, and me, he added as an afterthought. We think you're very good too, Oliver, said George. Spanking good keeper, said Fred. The point is, the Quidditch Cup should have our name on it these last, should have had our name on it the last two years. Ever since Harry joined the team, I've thought the thing was in the bag, but we haven't got it. And this year is the last chance we'll finally get to see our name on the thing. Um, Woods spoke so dejectedly that even Fred and George looked sympathetic. Oliver, this year's our year, said Fred. We'll do it, Oliver, said Angelina. Definitely, said Harry. Um, full of determination, the team started training sessions three, evening, three evenings a week. Um, the, we- the weather was getting colder and wetter, the nights darker, and no amount of mud, wind, or rain could tarnish Harry's wonderful vision of finally winning this huge, uh, wow, huge silver, silver Quidditch Cup. Sorry. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> um, I just gotta say that this is, like, really sweet, and they, like, pump up Oliver. Um, and he really cares about this, but he's got to chill. <laughs> he like, has no chill at all. Um, I, I, yeah. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it's important. And I, as someone that played sports, like high school sports and, um, you did too, mm-hmm. you know, like you get really wrapped up in it. Uh, no, but this is his life. But this is, <laughs> but he's like. He breathes Quidditch. That's and it. I understand that. Like, I was, there was a time, it, it didn't last very long because mm-hmm. I was on some very terrible basketball teams, but there was a time when, like, my mood lived and died with how I played and how our team played basketball um, during the season. Like, I, we, if I had a bad practice, I was done for the rest of the day. If we won, everything was golden. If we played like shit, everything was terrible. I couldn't speak. I was miserable. I'd gotten, in, I'd gotten like real world consequences for my behavior on the court. And then I was grounded once because I'd said some choice words and my mom was like, you're a lady. And my dad was like, 
it's basketball. You don't have to be a lady, but you do have to have some goddamn chill. Like, you can't just say, <laughs> these. where did you even learn these words right. from? And how did you learn to string them together like that? Um, you know, television. <laughs> but, <laughs> movies. But, like... I understand that part of it, like, taking it seriously, but then, like, he doesn't... He's the senior, um, because I believe everyone else is coming back. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, like, yeah, is at least the, the one sixth year. Yeah. So, he's the only seventh year. No, 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 year. they're fifth year. Oh, yeah, they're all fifth year, but him. Wow, that's weird. Because when we come back to Quidditch, Angelina is the, um... Captain. Captain, but Ron is the one, who, he's the only new person. Yeah. Um, but I but think this is honestly this is the golden team. Like the yeah. other teams are cool and they like win and they're all right. But like it's this team. It's, it's like yeah. the one. And they should you know have. And then he's right with everything that he said. Yeah. But but he he like completely discounts their like the fact that like they they lost the first year because Harry like saved the saved everyone from like Voldemort getting the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. So that's like well. You know, it might be a little bit more important than Quidditch. And the last time, Hermione and Penelope Clearwater were petrified. So that was maybe, like, what number was that? Like, that was, I think five, that was five and six, six. Five and six of people being petrified? Like, you know, I just feel like that also might be more important. Priorities. Just, yeah. He, has, he has a problem with that. Yeah, he <laughs> like, needs to sort out his priorities. He really does. Um, and then final thought. There are seven Quidditch... Positions. Mm-hmm. There are only seven people on this team. Like y'all yeah. don't have no alternates. alternates. No. Y'all I think got, that they kind of. I think that they do, but they don't like talk about. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, that's the same thing with like in later books when like somebody is out and then they're like, okay, I have such and such. To yeah. Do it. Or like yeah, when Ron when Ron is out, um, he has Cormac do it and then it's horrible. But then or like when um when he, wait who was it? Somebody, somebody's out, and um, Harry asks Dean to take a, to jump in. Yeah, I can't remember who it was because it was oh, it was Katie. It was yeah. Katie after she got attacked by yeah. um yeah after she got attacked, and then they were down a chaser, so he asked Dean. So they have, I think it's yeah, I think but the other thing is that they have the team ha- or something no. like that, and that's, right. that's also why it's kind weird. of weird. And I don't think that it's like um, and if you're having a bad have, game, like, like substitute, like right. come on, Quidditch. <laughs> Exactly. You just gotta like like when no, Harry's they arm no gets bitch. broken. If Harry hadn't caught the quit the, the snitch and ended the game, he would have just been flying around with a broken arm, or they would not have a secret. Like, yeah, how's that work? So yeah. I mean, even soccer, it's like you're supposed to play the whole game, but if you get subbed out, like you can still get subbed yeah. out. Baseball, pretty much everything. 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 <laughs> Except, like you it. have. Some other people, because mm-hmm. even if you're just not playing well, right? Sometimes like, you're just like, right. you know what? How about we want to win? So. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, you just gotta you just gotta suck it up. Yeah. So yeah. So those are my two Quidditch thoughts. Um, uh, mostly, big biggest thought is would yeah. have some chamomile tea, breathe, maybe do some yoga before training. Just really center yourself and think about whether or not there are other things that matter. Yeah. There aren't, though. <laughs> Not for him. Um, so Harry returned to the Gryffindor common room one evening after training, cold and stiff, but pleased with the way practice had gone, to find the room buzzing excitedly. What's happened, he asked Ron and Hermione. First Hogsmeade weekend, end of October, Halloween. Excellent, said Fred. I need to visit Zonko's. I'm nearly out of stink pellets. 
Harry threw himself into a chair beside Ron, his high spirits ebbing away. Hermione seemed to read his mind. Harry, I'm sure you'll be able to go next time. They're bound to catch Black soon. He's been sighted once already. Black's not full enough to try anything in Hogsmeade, said Ron. Ask McGonagall if you can go this time, Harry. The next one might not be for ages. Ron, said Hermione. Harry's supposed to stay in school. He can't be the only third year left behind, said Ron. Ask McGonagall. Go on, Harry. Yeah, I think I will, said Harry, making up his mind. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Let's um, just talk about this and the fact that Ron and, her, and Harry are definitely share, they definitely share the trait of having no foresight no. or like no long view. Yeah. Like it's all short term thinking. Um, I think that Hermione, while like is obviously more logical and thinking correctly, kind of misses the point because she's like also thinks that like you're safe at, at Hogwarts and Black is going to pop up at Hogsmeade and that's definitely a possibility. I don't think that that's even the tactic that you should take though. It should just be like you drew the straw, the short end of the stick. Your aunt and uncle didn't mm-hmm. sign the form. Yeah, black or not, you couldn't, couldn't go, go to go. Anyway. So yeah, it's not. It's not that he has he got permission and the teachers aren't letting him because of Sirius Black. It's yeah. he didn't get permission. Yeah, and then on top of that, Sirius Black is out. But it like so they're not willing to grant him special treatment because what he's really asking for is I'm Harry Potter, let right. me go. And they're not as they're not granting him. And and I think it's not just I'm Harry Potter. I think it's also like he's like people like McGonagall and like Dumbledore. Like they know the Dursleys. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's also that. It's also like my aunt and uncle don't want me to have fun. So mm-hmm. why would they? I mean, obviously that's not totally how it happened in this, but <laughs> just in general, yeah. like if Marge hadn't come, they probably, there would be no agreement and they wouldn't have signed, signed it anyway. Yeah. So it's, um, so I think he's also, I think it's, I think partly it's the I'm Harry Potter. Cause that's how he kind of walks into everything, whether he knows it or not. But then the other thing is that, He's just, he's like, yo, like, it's not like it's my parents or, like, somebody who's reasonable that I'm living with. It's people yeah. who are, like, terrible. And, and like, their only reason for not signing the form is just so that I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself. Exactly. Not, like... Not, like, they're they don't concerned have money, about they're concerned notorious about, mass murder series. Or even they're or, concerned about, like, me leaving school unsupervised. Right. Or, you know, like, take the opposite view and they're, like, very strict. But, like, for his, you know ostensibly for his best interest, right? Right. Like, they just want to make sure that he's safe. Right. Then they could have very well been like, well, they're muggles, but they didn't sign the form because they don't want me unsupervised out in, like, a strange town. Mm-hmm. Valid. Super. Right? Like, Neville's grandmother, like, signing the thing. It's like, maybe you should have thought about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there are other reasons why. Um, but also, I mean, and we'll get to it, the way he goes up to McGonagall to, like, um, argue his point is that they are muggle-born, but it's like Dean's parents are muggle-born, or his mom and step-father yeah. are muggles, and they signed the form. You know what I mean? Hermione's parents signed Hermione's the form. parents signed the form. So that's not an excuse. Sirius Black isn't an excuse. I mean, there are circumstances, I guess, beyond your control, but like brass tacks you didn't get the form signed and i think that's the main thing and i think that if series hadn't been out they might have granted me they might have done it you know what i mean they might have been like yeah i know like you know mcgonagall knows the dursley so she would have been like yeah i know them and like sure i'll sign it but because it's like 
it's not really safe, so I would feel like a way. I would feel wrong if I find it, find it and then, or if I let you go and then something happened exactly. to you. Yeah, um, because also like, and she says, um, I don't know if she says it word for word, but like she does in the movie. I hate that I can remember movie quotes mm-hmm. better than I can remember a book that I just read. Um, but like, she's not his guardian, so yeah. she, her decision shouldn't usurp the Dursleys, even if the Dursleys' decision is rude. Yeah. Um, okay. Hermione opened her mouth to argue, but at that moment, Crookshanks leapt lightly onto her lap. A large dead spider was dangling from his mouth. Does he have to eat that in front of us? Said Ron, scowling. Clever, Crookshanks. Did you catch that all by yourself? Said Hermione. So they're, like, clearly, they're opposites, for real. But also, that's, like, what, but it's, like, like, cats do that shit, and it's gross, but it's also, like, you, they, they're, they look so proud of themselves. It's like when Ami comes at you with a particularly nice looking leaf or a rock or a piece rock. of wood. That's yeah, what she did yesterday. She like literally she Rocks. she she was walking away, bent down, picked up, picked it up, came back to me and my mom, gave her a piece of wood and me a rock, and I was just like. But okay, she was like, thanks. but she has that look like you're welcome. Yeah, I did this for you. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so I mean that's cool. It was just sitting <laughs> in some dirt, but I mean, all right. <laughs> I dropped it once she walked away. I'm not even As we all have learned to like, do. If not, I'm going to have a bunch of leaves and rocks just in my room. What am I going to do with some leaves and rocks? Nothing. You're going to think of her. Mm. I have a lot of things <laughs> that will make me think of her. But, um. but yeah, no, but, like, as a, as a pet parent, and I understand, like, Ron's frustration, and it's also, it's, it's so gross. I mean, it is. That's my friend's cat brought me a rat. That he had like bit the it was like a mouth and he bit the head off and they were just guts and he was just like or she actually she was like you're welcome I did that for you you don't want to eat it it's delicious and I was just like ugh but you have to say thank you it's gross um <laughs> Crookshank slowly chewed up the spider his yellow eyes fixed insolently on Ron. Just keep him over there, that's all, said Ron. I've got Scabbage asleep in my bag. Harry yawned. He really wanted to go to bed, but he still had his own star chart to complete. Um, you can copy mine if you like, said Ron. Hermione, who disapproved of copying, pursed her lips, but didn't say anything. Crookshanks was still staring unblinkingly at Ron, flicked the end of his bushy tail. Then, without warning, he pounced. Oi, roared Ron, seizing his bag as Crookshanks sank four sets of claws deeply into it and began tearing ferociously. Get off, you stupid animal! Ron tried to pull the bag away from Crookshanks, but Crookshanks clung on, spitting and slashing. Don't hurt him, squealed. Ron, don't hurt him, squealed Hermione, the whole common room watching. Ron whirled the bag around, Crookshanks still clinging to it, and scabbers came flying out of the top, which is so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Catch that cat, Ron yelled as Crookshanks freed himself from the remnants of the bag, sprang over the table, chased after a terror, and chased after terrified scabbers. George made a lunge for Crookshanks, but missed. Scabber streaked through 20 pairs of legs and shot beneath an old chest of drawers. Crookshanks skidded to a halt, crouched low on his bandy legs, and started making furious swipes beneath it with his front paws. Ron and Hermione hurried over. Hermione grabbed Crookshanks around the middle and heaved heaved him away. Um, Ron threw himself onto his stomach and with great difficulty pulled Scabbers out by the tail. Look at him, he said. He's skin and bone. You keep that cat away from him. Crookshanks doesn't understand it's wrong, said Hermione. All, cha- all cats chase rats, Ron. There's something funny about that animal, said Ron. It heard me say Scabbers was in my bag. Oh, what rubbish. Crookshanks could smell him, Ron. How else do you think? 
that cat's got it in for Scabbers, and Scabbers was here first, and he's ill. But rats are on the approved pet list, and cats are. That's true. So... So I feel like Scabbers gotta go. But also, I think the thing is with this argument is that I don't think... I think they're both in the wrong, and they're both right at the same time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with Crookshanks and Scabbers... Um, or the thing with Crookshanks um, and Hermione is that Hermione's like, cats chase rats. He doesn't have it out for Scabbers because as a human, there's no other she doesn't. The, yeah, it's no other rats in the spot for her to like for him to chase. So we gonna chase Scabbers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I doubt but, that. I, I think mean, that I doubt it too. But rats, I think but, that, and I yeah. do think that, and I think that, like, yeah, okay, that's in their nature. But she should still look out, like, try at least. But also, he's a magical cat, like, or he's around. You're in a school of magic. The idea that he is doesn't have it out for Scabbers, like the way that they just and they ne- and they do this the entire book, just like discount things as yeah. being unreasonable. But you're learning magic in a castle. You're doing star charts. So what is actually unreasonable? <laughs> your cat going, your cat having it out for a particular rat is unreasonable. Meanwhile, you got a time turner right. going to every class. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that makes total sense. But your cat has a particular grudge about this particular rat is un- wrong. You're wrong. You're being, you're overreacting here. Come on. <laughs> like, no. You're in a magical castle. That's real. Fantasy, man. Um, I'm going to have to, like, start pointing. Like, we want to keep charts of things. Like, the times that they discount magic as a possibility in a magical school. There's actually, um, <laughs> like in the... No, not the next chapter of the chapter. No. Wow. She's a really couple chapters. In a couple chapters, there's like a moment where I'm like, but, but we use magic. Like, they use magic though. Like, why are you, like, you should calm down because it's magic. I kind of get that a lot. Like, thinking back on Goblet of Fire with Nat Eye and like, but how did he, oh my, I'm like, <laughs> Y'all don't have no other way. Just like someone should. You have something called Polyjuice Potion. But y'all just are like, oh, looks like Mad Eye. Y'all don't have. Y'all didn't check nothing. You didn't do right, any kind they of. They need to do something. They need to have like secrecy detectors. They don't get that until the Half Blood Prince. But I'm like, yeah, Voldemort's gone. But like, shouldn't you. <laughs> I don't know. But even just in terms of like, for example. Background checks on teachers. Background checks. But like, Remus, for just like, let's say. Being a werewolf is, you know, persona non grata, like societal norm. People don't want werewolves teaching their children. So what's to stop him from taking some polyjuice potion, going to get a job, disappearing once every couple, you know, every blue moon or whatever, full moon. But like, oh yeah, to to make the polyjuice potion. Yeah. But. No, you can figure it out. You figure it out. I'm just saying, like... People could be, like, committing um, fraud and, like, being imposters everywhere and nobody would know. Literally, every time I have, a like, a fraud alert or identity theft, I think about Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> so why don't y'all... You're in a magic school! I'm like, did I make that purchase or did somebody in some polyjuice potion make that purchase <laughs> as me hmm and then they're just like well nope mad eye moody showed up okay right 
True. Okay. Um, Ron was still in a bad mood with Hermione the next day. He barely talked to her through Herbology, even though he, Ron, and Hermione were working together on the same puffapod. Um, how scabbers, Hermione asked timidly. He's hiding in the bottom of my bed, shaking. Careful, uh, uh, he missed the pail and scattered beans over the greenhouse floor. Careful, Weasley, careful, cried Professor Sprout, as the beans burst into bloom before their very eyes. Um, they had Transfiguration next. Harry resolved to ask McGonagall about Hogsmeade. Um, however, um, he was distracted by a disturbance in the front of the line. Lavender Brown seemed to be crying. Pavardi had her arm around her and was explaining something to Seamus Finnegan and Dean Thomas, who were looking very serious. What's the matter, Lavender? Asked, uh, said Hermione. She got a letter from home this morning, Pavardi whispered. It's her rabbit, Binky. He's been killed by a fox. Oh, I'm sorry, Lavender. I should have known, said Lavender tragically. You know what day it is. Um, uh, or, um, <laughs> uh, the 16th of October. That thing you're dreading, it will happen on the 16th of October. Remember, she was right. She was right. The whole class was gathered around Lavender now. Seamus shook his head seriously. Hermione hesitated. Then she said, you... You were dreading Binky being killed by a fox? Well, not necessarily by a fox, said Lavender, but I was obviously dreading him dying, wasn't I? Oh, said Hermione. She paused again. Then, was Binky an old rabbit? No, sobbed Lavender. He was only a baby. Pavardi tightened her arm around Lavender's shoulders. But then why would you dread him dying, said Hermione. Pavardi glared at her. Well, look at it logically. I mean, Binky didn't even die, did he? Or didn't even die today, did he? Lavender just got the news today. Lavender wailed loudly. And she can't have been dreading it because it's it's come as a real shock. So real quick, like, I agree with Hermione, but also... Now's it, not the time. It's not. You gotta keep things here. That's the one thing about Hermione is that she's almost always right in, in like, what she's saying. But, like, how when, and, when how. and how she says it, it's like, wait, just keep that to yourself. Because, like, I it's would totally little, think that. It's a little social to- awkward... Totally. And I think I would, and I think like I would totally think everything she just said, but I would just kind of sit my tea in the corner. (laughs) And then I would talk to, I'd maybe like talk to Harry and Ron about it later, like, um, she's all tripping, but not like to her face while she's in grief over her rabbit dying. Like, chill out. Another thing though, did you notice how her rabbit was at home because she's not a Weasley and the rabbits are not approved approved on the pet list? (laughs) I'm just saying. These are, this is true. Neither a rat. At Weasley privilege. Pigmy pups. Um, don't, ma- don't mind Hermione Lavender, said Ron loudly. She doesn't think other people's pets matter very much. Um, McGonagall opened the classroom door at that moment, which was perhaps lucky. Hermione and Ron were looking daggers at each other, and when they got into class, they seated themselves on either side of Harry and didn't talk to each other for the whole class. This is something that happens a lot, and... you, you I struggle to remember that they're 13, so, like... sense and like common courtesy doesn't really enter into their brain very much but like they like I think we mentioned the last time they got into a fight like they go for the jugular because Ron is angry at Hermione kind of rightfully so but kind of not I mean yeah yeah you know they both have grievances with each other but then Ron uses Lavender's pain to stick it to Hermione one more time when right. like you could have said nothing. Mm-hmm. Hermione could have said nothing. Like they both we, could have they said, nothing. Both said That's nothing. That's one of the things they have and in then common. Is sometimes you could just say nothing. You, you could just not. Just don't. And but then on top of all that, so then just they have goaded each other to the to the point of like anger. 
And then to make matters worse, they literally stick Harry in the middle. Mm -hmm. And there should just be a, like... And this is why I'm saying, like, again, we have to remember that they're 13. Because I feel like now, as an adult, if, like, I got into an argument with a mutual friend, I would... I would try very hard to keep our mutual friends out of it. You know what I mean? I've been like, one of those people in the middle. And yeah, I'm, I'm not we, friends with either of those people anymore <laughs> after that. I was like, I people were at like, whose side are you on? I was like, neither of theirs. They're both tripping. I'm out. Like, yeah. But I like, like, I can't. Yeah. But even like, still, you, you as an adult, like, you recognize, like, it is unfair to, like, talk about someone that you're friends with and your relationship with them has nothing to do with my relationship mm-hmm. with them. It's unfair to put you in that position just because I happen to be upset right now and right. I want you and the only and really and the, thing is like, the only reason why I want you on my side is to stick it to that person too because you have nothing to do with this. Right. And the whole thing is that in the end when you're friends again then you got the other person out there looking like an idiot when they had nothing to do with the argument in the first place. Yeah. Now and they're so, mad, and they don't even know why they're or mad. They're, or they're sitting there like Harry trying to keep the peace mm-hmm. when he's like, I don't have nothing to do with this. No. I don't even have a pet. Right. Well, he does. Well, no. Hedwig's not a pet. She's, he he's, has a... He's her pet. Harry. He's her pet. He has a spiritual <laughs> advisor. He don't got a pet. Where is Hedwig? Hedwig minding her business yeah. up in the alley. He's like, y'all got... Yeah, they don't Cats have a, they don't have a spe- they don't have a special place for the <laughs> the other pets, just the owls. They're yeah, like, they're they're above all that pettiness. All um, of that pettiness, but yeah, but then it's like the the best thing to do as to be a good friend to Harry is to keep him out of it. Yeah, which I know is difficult because it's only he's three of them. Both of their best friends. Yeah, like he's, it's yeah. Harry is Ron's best friend, and Harry is Hermione's best friend, and. Ron and Hermione are friends, but not. Well, no. I mean, I think that they're all best friends, but like Ron doesn't. I don't know if Ron would go to Hermione. Yeah, another three of them, so they're equally. Yeah, but. But it's still difficult. Like if you're fighting yeah. with one person, like it's the same thing when Harry and Ron are fighting, and Hermione's just like, "I'm not so your owl." What am? Is- yeah. What? Well, that's the movie. But I know, but it's a great line. It's a great line. But it's just like, well, what am I? What do I? And the thing is, is Harry and Hermione never actually get into a real like the only the closest they get is in this book, and that's um, and he that's more just like he's on like he he and Ron. Whenever Harry is fighting with Hermione, Ron is also fighting with Hermione. <laughs> yeah. But whenever. Ron and Hermione are fighting like Harry's never on that like Harry's either on Ron's side because it had to do it had something to do with him and he disagrees with her or he's just like I got no I can't I, I'm so out. he doesn't so he only he doesn't really take sides yeah and, and Harry, the same with Hermione is she's like I don't and Harry and Hermione's fights are always based in something like they come from Hermione's going like stepping out of place into a like a kind of authority figure a moral figure right. to Harry and he's like I don't need you to tell me what's what right. right or wrong or whatever I need you to be my friend um and that's usually like where it comes from like Hermione mm-hmm. but Hermione comes from a good place and I think that he recognizes, he recognizes that. that he keeps that but in he's, mind he's still upset because she's overstepped her bounds mm-hmm. um when Ron and Hermione fight usually it starts out, like, kind of reasonable. They're both upset with each other for how they're treating 
their pets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both have solid points on each side. But that's not why the fight lasts. It lasts because they continue to poke at each other. Yeah. Instead of just, like... Like, even Hermione asked about Scabbers to try to, like, mm-hmm. keep the peace. And Ron's like, not ready for it. No. that to be over yet. But then... Um, the fight can, the fight goes the fight always goes on Way longer long. than it should because someone's got something slick to say. Pretty much. Um, one moment, please. Professor McGonagall called as a classmate to leave. As you're all in my house, you should hand Hogsmeade permission forms to me before Halloween. No form, no visiting the village, so don't forget. Um, Neville put up his hand. Please, Professor, I, I think I've lost. Your grandmother sent yours to me directly, Longbottom, said Professor McGonagall. She seemed to think it was safer. Well, that's all. You may leave. You may leave. If you um, can't remember the form you shouldn't go to Hogmeade this is how I feel about sex by the way guys this is um I know that seems kind of like a leap but it does because yeah it does if you can't re- if you can't say penis without giggling or you can't remember a condom you sh- that disqualifies you from sex if you can't remember the permission slip that disqualifies you from going to Hogsmeade okay um so Harry goes up to McGonagall Professor, my aunt and uncle uh, forgot to sign my form. Um, Professor McGonagall looked over her square spectacles at him but didn't say anything. So, uh, do you think it would be all right? I mean, will it be okay if I, if I go to Hogsmeade? I'm afraid not, Potter. You heard what I said. No form, no visiting the village. That's the rule. B- but, Professor, my aunt and uncle, you know they're muggles. They don't really understand about, about Hogwarts forms and stuff, um, Harry said, while Ron egged him off egged him on with vigorous nods. If you said I could go, but I don't say so, said Professor McGonagall. The form clearly states that the per- per- mm, sorry, the parent or guardian must give permission. Um, she turned to look at him with an odd expression on her face. Was it pity? I'm sorry, Potter, but that's my final word. You had better hurry or you'll be late for your next lesson. Also, though, uh, in a great... It's like a good thing. Harry totally. is not a very... He's not slick. He's all this stammering and ums and, you know. And then you got Ron in the background nodding like, yo, yeah. yo. That's the thing. He's his like, That's, like, one of the things about, like, Harry and Ron is, like, I mean, we talked about this, like, really early on in the, in the um, show. I don't even know. Series. Yeah, series, whatever. But, um, yeah, like, Harry, I mean, Ron is the hype man for sure. Yeah. He, Yeah. But I think, too, it's, like. He's the, the- DJ Khaled to, <laughs> to Beyonce. Sure. No, Beyonce's Hedwig. To like, he's the flavor to like, slave to Harry's to, to, to Harry's Chucky. Chucky. There but, we go. Good yeah. job. That was a good reference that we both understood and didn't have to get into an argument about. And we high five because we we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is something to knowing your audience, which is I don't think McGonagall, the, the Ron McGonagall <laughs> is less likely to say yes. It's not right. even that like she's not. <laughs> Is that like, oh, you're going to be the one she to just tip needs the, a little bit, yeah. Uh, to tip the scales. It's like, no, you're actively hurting him right now, being in the background, like, yup, yup. She's looking at both of you like, you got to want, He wants you to go that bad? No good to no. come of this. We're going we're to keep it as is. Just going to shut that down real quick. <laughs> um, there was nothing to be done. Ron called Professor McGonagall a lot of names that greatly annoyed Hermione. Hermione assumed an all-for-the-best expression that made Ron even angrier. And Harry had to endure everyone in class talking loudly and happily about what they were going to do first when they got to Hogsmeade. So again, just like we had a whole conversation about it, just Ron and Hermione and the way that they, just their personalities. And they, yeah. the thing is, like, again, they're not both, they're both not wrong. They just 
are just unnecessary. Like, they're just doing too much. It's more how they do it than what they do. And I think, too, it's, like, this goes into Hermione's, like, I am I am more Ron, I guess, in this moment. Because um, you know me. I like to, I got a little bit of all of them in me. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, I'm just Luna, though. Uh you're not, you're, Hermione, you're 13. 14. 14. I think so. Because her birthday's earlier. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. But still, like, still. you're not the moral supporty. No. Like, like, you're not the moral <laughs> supporty. What? No, that's not a word. <laughs> that you're not morally like superior. Yeah. That, authority. Yeah. You're not the moral authority. I knew that's what you were trying to say, but that <laughs> word actually sounds like a word, but it's not. That's hilarious. Okay. Um, I really was like, is that, so, <laughs> like, like, is that a synonym I've never heard? Yeah, yeah, but she puts on that, like, I love when we see McGonagall and Poppy earlier, you know, putting on that look of like, mm, I ain't gonna say nothing, but you can see y'all up in here yeah. what I mean, you know. But when you're when you're 14 and smug, right. like that's so, a punch me face. Just is actually what that is. A little bit. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. There's always the feast, said Ron. You know the Halloween feast in the evening. Yeah, Harry said gloomily. That's great. Um, nothing anyone said can make him feel better about being left behind. Dean Thomas, who was good with the quill, had offered to forge Uncle Vernon's signature on the form, but as Harry had already told Professor McGonagall, he hadn't had it signed. That was no good. Ron half-heartedly suggested the invisibility cloak, but Hermione stamped on that one, reminding Ron what Dumbledore had told them about the Dementors being able to see through them. uh, Percy had what was possibly the least helpful words of comfort. They make a fuss about Hogsmeade, but I assure you, Harry, it's not all it's cracked up to be. All right, the sweet shop's rather good, and Zonko's joke shop's frankly dangerous. And yes, the shrieking so- sh- mm, the shrieking shack's always worth a visit. But really, Harry, apart from that, you're not missing anything. Calm, yeah, Percy. Can you? I just realized that Percy and Oliver Wood are roommates. Oh, I never thought of that until just now. God, that class of Gryffindor <laughs> must be the worst. Must be a hot ass mess. Just God, fucking like you know, chill you think about out. you think about like McGonagall and like the I way mean, that she looks at Ron, Ron and, and Harry, Harry or oh. like even her having to deal with the Marauders, but like Percy and Oliver in the same class. That is a lot of like like pompous, like not even pompous, but just like taking shit way too, too seriously. seriously. Like, I'm gonna on, need like, y'all. the opposite spectrums, too. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to have some, like, humor and kind of, uh, like, this McGonagall of all like, people yeah. being like, okay, so we need to have some levity and understand that there are more important things than all that that you're doing <laughs> right you're now. Worried about. But can you imagine, like, so I, I was telling this story the other day. My brother was here. Um, shout out to Akira, Tommy Wyman, but she graduated. Yay. Um, and so we were, I was talking about the difference between my me and my brother when it was like when my brother would get in trouble and he would literally get grounded and like have to go inside, right? Mm-hmm. Like stay in your go to your room. Right. And there were literally times my mom would walk in my room, look at me and be like, "Go outside. <laughs> get out of my house. Go outside." And I would just go, and I think you were talking about this too, and I, we, uh, me and Diana are the same person, so i just go sit on the bench, like, or sit in the front yard and wait for someone to come by, and I'd be like, can I, can I come back now? Mm-hmm. Like, or I'd look in the mirror, in my, or I'd look in the house, like, longingly, <laughs> and my mom would just be like, mm. and she'd also be like, can you play? Can you? And I'd just be sitting there just like, oh, yep. but I don't, why am I out here? And that is Wood and Percy. Percy. 
Go outside. Wood. Get your ass in the library. Get off the broom. Yeah. There are more important things than Quidditch. Seriously. Percy, get your ass out the library. <laughs> Poor McGonagall. Right. And, like, also the other Gryffindor boys have to live with Oh, him. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I bet you the other Gryffindor boys are, like, the most <laughs> mediocre, like, yeah, yeah. but also, like, because they want to be and also, like, the least interested. They're just like, I don't care. Yeah. They, they fit, like, I, Mm-mm. look at this face of me not caring, Percy. Go away. Go away. Wood. Wood. People are literally petrified if you talk about the Quidditch game getting canceled one more game. Like, I do not care. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's like Agatha hilarious. Oh my god. Oh man. Too Um, much. On on Halloween morning, Harry awoke with a rest and went down to breakfast feeling thoroughly depressed, though doing his best to act normally. We'll bring you lots of sweets back from Honeyduke, said Her- Hermione. Yeah, load, said Ron. He and Hermione had finally forgotten their squabble about Crookshanks in the face of Harry's disappointment. Ride or die. Pretty much. They don't want to put aside their grievances. Yeah, even if they did do way too much before <laughs> that. Um, don't worry about me, said Harry. I'll see you at the feast. Have a good time. He accompanied them to the entrance hall where Filch, the caretaker, was standing inside the front doors, checking off names against a long list, peering suspiciously into every face and making sure that no one was sneaking out who shouldn't be going. Staying here, Potter, shouted Malfoy, scared of passing the Dementors. Harry ignored him um, and went back to Gryffindor Tower. Uh, password for Tuna Major. The portrait swung open and he climbed into the hole, just um, hole into the common room. It was full of chattering first and second years and a few older students who had obviously vis- visited Hogsmeade so often the novelty had worn off. Harry, Harry, hi, Harry. It was Colin Creevy, a second year, who was deeply in awe of Harry and Ooh. never missed an opportunity to speak to him. Aren't you going to Hogsmeade, Harry? Why not? Hey, you can come and sit with us if you like. Uh, Harry, wow, he said that that a lot. He said his name hella times. Um, <laughs> uh, no thanks, Colin, said Harry. I, I've got to go to the library. Go and get, got to get some work done. After that, he had no choice but to turn right around and head back out of the portrait hole again. Didn't he need, like, his schoolwork if that was going to be um, right. believable? Anyway, it doesn't really matter because we're about to get the best scene ever, ever, ever. All of um, the hearts. What was the point of waking me up? The fat lady called grumpily after him as he walked away. I love this, though, because we... Is it the third year, too, in the movie when they have that, like, really cute, like, they're eating the things and, like, she tries to break the glasses. Just my voice. Just my voice. Just my voice. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because we don't really... I mean, we see the... We hear about the fat lady in books one and two. She doesn't really. She's a little bit of sass, but she's yeah, not really. Like, but you don't really get to yeah. see her, and this is like another like really cute, like. Remember me. Remember this character because like something is about to happen. happen, right? But I also that's one of the things about the books that I kind of, I mean, the movies that I wish is that they like characterized the fat lady more. It's more yeah. like in the first one, she shows up and she's, well, she's super like different. composed, and she's like <laughs> password, yeah. and then like and then just like. Here, sure. But whereas, like, in the third, she's, like, really extra. Um, And I feel like the fat lady in the books is somewhere in the middle of that. Like, in between. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Well, she's, like, a diva. um, Yeah. I think. But then also, it's really cute. Or I don't know if it's cute or not. But, like, you understand that in just getting, like, to get in and out of the tower... 
Like, they see her all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you kind of... And she's one of those um, aspects of the castle that you kind of would take for granted um, until you... You don't know what you missed. You don't know what you got to have gone. Exactly. And they're about to... But um, it's also just kind of cute because Harry is just like... Doesn't know what to do without his friends. Mm -hmm. Cannot be with the second year. The fact that Colin has friends and is like, Harry, Harry, like, like whoa, somebody in his year has to be like, hey, like we know, chill, we know, chill. It's Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, he's been here a while. Yeah. So Um, um, Harry wandered dispiritedly towards the library, but halfway there, he changed his mind. He didn't feel like working. He turned around and came face to face with Filch, who was obviously who had obviously just seen off the last of the Hogsmeade, vis- Hog- Ugh, Hogsmeade visitors. What are you doing, Filch snarled. Nothing, said Harry. Nothing. A likely story. Sneaking around on your own. Why aren't you in Hogsmeade buying stink pellets and belch powder and whizzing worms? What? Whizzing worms? What is that? Like the rest of your nasty little film friends. That's horrible. And whoever, like, that's, a ter- whoever invented that is the worst. Listen, have you ever hung out with, like, boys? Yes, but whizzing worms? They gross. That's terrible. Hey. Um, um, <laughs> this is also the, like, get, well, get back to your common room where you belong, snap Filch. Like, does he don't have to, it's not a prison. He can literally walk around. It, it's all right. He's going to get his come up in soon when Arya Stark heads back to Westeros. But Harry didn't go back to the common room. He climbed a staircase, no. thinking vaguely of visiting no. the Howley to see Hedwig with an accent. No. Um, no. No. We will comment on what just took place here. Why? That is a different universe. And? In a different world and a different person. There's magic and you can't believe that Arya Stark's not going to come murder him. And that's okay. Not Filch! Whatever, Robin. She is gonna go murder Walter Frey. I just feel... Not Filch! Okay, whatever. Woo! Insane. So... Alright. So, So, Harry didn't go back to the common room. He climbed a staircase, thinking vaguely of visiting the Owlry to see Hedwig, and was walking along the corridor when a voice from inside one of the rooms said, Harry? He doubled back to see who had spoken and met Professor Lupin around his office door. What are you doing, said Lupin? Where are Ron and Hermione? Hogsmeade, said Harry in a would-be casual voice. Ah, why don't you come in? I've taken delivery of a Grindylow for our next lesson. Ooh, a Grindylow. That's what important. What is that? Well, not that, but... No, I know. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 Yeah, oh. you know. Aha! Yeah. Aha! What was um, the first thing that you saw when you came into my office that one time when I was really awesome? Um, <laughs> and cared um, about your well-being. Your well-being. A what? He followed Lupin into his office. In the corner stood a very large tank of water, a sickly green he- creature with sharp little horns, had its face pressed against the glass, pulling faces and flexing its long, spindly fingers. Water demon, said Lupin. We shouldn't have much difficulty with him, not after the Kappas. The trick is to break its grip. You'll notice the abnormally long fingers, strong but very brittle. Cup of tea. Okay, you got a water demon in your office, but yeah, let's have some tea. <laughs> um, I love him so much. Oh my gosh. Um, Lupin tapped the kettle with his wand and a blast of steam issued suddenly from the scalp. I need a Instant wand. Tea. I need a wand. Like, literally, that's what I... Like, of all the things, all the spells we see, and, like, all the stuff we're, like, reading, and literally that that sentence, I'm like, where is my wand? Uh, we have electric kettles not fast enough. No. Not at all. If I could just tap it, and it would be hot, and then I could just drink my tea? What? This is just, man, technology sucks. This is oppression. 
It's disrespectful. Fact that we don't have wands. Um, Harry, oh, sit down. I've only got tea bags. I'm afraid, but I dare say you've had enough tea leaves. He is the best. Harry looked ever. at him. Lupin's oh my eyes were twinkling. Because he's just like he's ribbing so, his little nephew. He's so cute. He's like, oh, let me make fun of my nephew. It's too much. It's like whenever I'm with Ami and I'm like, oh, Kobe's better than Curry. And she's like, Chloe. And I'm like, Kobe? And she gets all mad. And I'm just like, oh, look at you. Look at you. It's okay. So I made it funny. Uh, <laughs> How did you know about that? Harry asked. Professor McGonagall told me, said Lupin. You're not worried, are you? No, said Harry. He thought for a moment of telling Lupin about the dog he'd seen in Magnolia Crescent, but decided not to. Um, which is funny because Lupin would hella know that that was serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Immediately. He would be like, but, so that, I mean, he wouldn't tell him, but he'd probably be like, don't worry about it. Like, I don't know. I, that, that'd be an interesting reaction because he would know it's not the Grim. You know yeah. what I mean? So I wonder how he would be able to, like, comfort him. Like, you're not seeing the Grim, but then also be like, oh, shit, Sirius Black, like, was this close to Harry Potter. Notorious mass murderer Sirius Black was right that close to Harry Potter. Yeah, and um, we're going to see, um, in this chapter, like, just suspicions? No. no. Yeah. Um, no. Suspicions of what? Of... Lupin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we are. It's in this chapter. But Lupin is also... Un- in that notorious mass murderer, serious black life. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. um, so that's why I'm like, how do you comfort someone about it not being a grim when you know that it could be much worse? And but you Lupin, can't tell anyone because. But also though, to loop to Lupin, notorious mass murderer, serious black is probably more scary than to anyone else. Because he knows serious, mm-hmm. and then to have to like come to the realization and like. Or come to the understanding or be- believe that Sirius was able to do what he's charged yeah. with doing. It's like, oh, so you real crazy. Yeah. Because I had no idea that you would even capable of this. Mm-hmm. And, like, your relationship with James had me fooled. You know what I mean? Because it was a genuine... Yeah. And that's the thing is that... That's, that's why it's even, a little bit... It's even way more, more with Lupin um, than, like, even the people who knew them at school and, like, knew that they were close. It's like, no, I was, like, literally... I was a part of that. <laughs> like, yeah. I was in there. <laughs> like, you could not tell me that that would have happened. Yeah. Um, um, also, JK really hates the Marauders. I don't understand why. I don't know what they did to her. I don't know why she feels the need to treat them this way. That's rude. You give them, you give them best friends, you give them soulmates, and then you rip them away from each other. Right. And then you let them get back together, and then you tear them apart again. It's like the Starks, if we're going it in is that. It is the Starks. It is. You know? That is They're what this is. never, ever, ever getting God back damn together. It. Yeah. You mad now? Because she hates us. And she hates the Marauders. Yeah. Now you feel my feels. Welcome to the party. I already felt the feels. I've been here. I've been here for days. I definitely felt the feels. Oof. I just... Been here for days by myself. Okay. He didn't... I'm not lonely. I think I was actually in a meeting with your feels, which is why I was like really so short with you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why, because I was like, I actually really need to listen to what this person is saying. And I was just and like... Robin's over here like, feelings! And I'm like, okay, but like, I need to know what they're saying, and I need to make sure that I'm like, paying attention. But why? But feelings, but I'm at work. I was um, at work and I was just like I like literally walked in and my like the first time I saw my boss and she was like what's the matter and I was like <laughs> I would tell you but you wouldn't get it and you would think I'm really weird she's like are you okay and I was like Harry Potter feelings and she was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> and just walked away I was like 
I love um, you for not trying to be like that silly, right? But also being like, like I, right. I'm not gonna, I don't. That's so funny. <laughs> You're an adult. Um, Harry, Am I? right? Sorry. Harry didn't want Lupin to think he was a coward, especially since Lupin already seemed to think he couldn't cope with a bogger. Something of Harry's thoughts seemed to have shown on his face because Lupin said, "Anything worrying you, Harry?" No, Harry lied. He drank a bit of his tea and watched the Grindylow brandishing a fist at him. Yes, he said <laughs> suddenly. He's like, he's Get me out of this goddamn <laughs> tank. Um, also though, and we're gonna, he's gonna explain why he, um, didn't want him to face the bugger, but Harry, like, his, the way that he understands it is like, oh, this teacher didn't think that I was brave enough to handle a bugger. Which is like, yeah, but you're 13. It's also the... No, but they're all 13. Well, I know, but I mean, so like, it's not like... It's not like a, oh, you're, like... What did you think that he would think that you were capable of? You know what I mean? Like, he feels like... I really think that he feels like he was treated the way that he would expect someone to treat Neville. Mm. And that bothers him. I didn't think um, that. I, I, because, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I totally read it as, like, he thought... Because he assumed that Lupin would know. I think, yes, but I think it's also more like he's already feeling these feelings of, like, inferiority and all that stuff because of the run-in he had with the Dementor in the beginning. Yeah. So he's already having those. And then he, I think at some point he even mentions that, and it could have been earlier, um, mentioning that Lupin was in the thing and saw him collapse, so thinks that he's, like, fragile or something. You know, like, when yeah. Madame Prophecy was like, oh, this, like, it affects delicate people so he's like yeah, I'm not I'm delicate. delicate okay so I didn't get that yeah. but I did think like okay Harry you were thinking of Voldemort so you probably like right like if that you think that person, like, like yeah you think that he, like a spider I, versus thinking, Voldemort well no I know <laughs> but he's probably thinking like oh Lupin doesn't think that I could handle seeing Voldemort which is like yeah you can handle seeing Voldemort but there's a whole class full of people. Who could have? Like, just, like, but you aren't, like, yeah, you're special. But, like, why would I think that you wouldn't be able to handle seeing Voldemort? Right. Like, I'm a goddamn adult. I can barely handle seeing Voldemort. Right. Just because you okay with it. Like, that's, it's weird that you're okay with it. Right. It's not, it's like, not normal. normal. That's true. And He's, so that's why you know, it's, like. That's part of, like, Gryffindor. Like, it's the stuff where you're just like, okay, you're being brave to the point of, like, ridiculousness. And yeah. But it's that. also just, like, why, did he, why are you. I am not offended if someone thinks that I'm terrified of notorious mass murder and uh, serious black and it turns out like, oh, I'm all right. Right. Like, yeah, I guess you would think that I was terrified, but I'm cool. Because everyone's terrified. Yeah. It's not like everybody else is just like, oh, whatever. And you're the only one. And everybody's just like, are you okay, though? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Guys, Voldemort's down the hall. You want to go see? No, but Harry, you should stick back. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how it's working. All right, so... Um, so, uh... You know the day we fought the bogger? Yes, said Lupin slowly. Why didn't you let me fight it, said Harry abruptly. Lupin raised his eyes. I would have thought that was obvious, Harry, he said, sounding surprised. Why, he said again. Well, I assume that if the bogger faced you, it would have seen the shape of Lord Voldemort. Harry stared. Not only was this the last answer he expected, but Lupin had said Voldemort's name. The only person Harry had ever heard say the name aloud, apart from himself, was Professor Dumbledore. Clearly I was wrong, said mm-hmm. um, Lupin, still frowning at Harry. And I'm sure he's saying clearly I was wrong because he said Lord Voldemort looking to see if Harry would flinch or something, and Harry was right. like, 
And, right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Um, so he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, so He um, didn't jump, like, <laughs> two feet. <laughs> Why did you say the name? Yeah. Right. Um, but I didn't think it was a good idea for Lord Voldemort to materialize in the staff room. I imagined that people would panic. But then, said Harry, honestly, I, I remembered those Dementors. And it's like Harry's having a conversation with himself, and Lupin just happens to be in the room. Like... Really? That's how it feels to you? That's how it feels to me. Because A, but then I remember, but then what? You didn't say it. You didn't say anything. <laughs> like Lupin said, Lupin said. And then you are like, but then I remember the mentors. Because, um, but also it feels like Harry's having a conversation with himself because everything that Lupin is saying, Harry's already thought of. Right. Okay. And yeah, is I like, and thinks, I, I'm so guilty of this where I'm like, oh, well, I thought of all those things. Why aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're not with me. In yeah, my, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, Lupin is not in your head. Yeah. So also, doesn't, doesn't that. know you. So, it, that you should just be like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> right. He, he said this is like, the last answer he'd expected, but that was the first thing you thought about when you thought about your bogger. The bogger. Yeah. Was Voldemort. And then you were like, actually, no. Yeah. Not, so. Yeah. So, uh, that's why I think it sounds like he's having, like, he is, he needs to talk this out to himself. Mm-hmm. And he needs Luke in there, obviously, to explain, you know, um, that suggests what you fear most is most of all is fear. Very wise, Harry. Like he needs Lupin for that. Right. Also, um, I just love that they're bonding, and it's amazing. It makes me very happy. It makes me so happy. It's a lot too. of feelings. But um, yeah, look at all of these hearts and yeah. Like it's, I just got, I got, I got feelings and thoughts. Yeah, and, um, but I think Harry needs. Harry needed to hear the, like, what you fear most is fear thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also needs to internalize within himself that there is nothing wrong with fearing a Dementor. Right. Or what, there's nothing wrong with his right. reaction. Right, to the Dementor. To the Dementor. Because. Just it's, because it's not the same as everyone else's reaction. It's, mm-hmm. it's different doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. Um, so you've been thinking that I didn't believe you capable of fighting a bogger, said Lupin shrewdly. Well, yeah, said Harry. He suddenly felt a lot happier. Professor Lupin, you know the Dementors. He was interrupted by a knock on the door. Come in, called Lupin. The door opened and came Snape. He was carrying a goblet, which was smoking faintly, and stopped at the sight of Harry, his black eyes narrowing. Um, real quick, he probably thinks that they're, like, bonding over James or something. You right? He also, like, yeah, but he also... Harry looks so much like James for a second. He that too. In on he was probably like, James. "Oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, that's true. shit. It's happening again." Shit. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> even though Snape is horrible, like knowing his backstory and reading like these interactions between him and Lupin are super like interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He was. That's probably that. And then it's also a like, bit both. Yeah. yeah, because that's the one of the things about Lupin is like he never mentioned. Like he doesn't actually mention his um, the- Harry's like that he even knew James and Lily until chapter twelve. Yeah. Um, and like we'll talk about that later but like it's just yeah it's uh, so Snape is all like <laughs> like are you bo- are you like talking about stuff that you used to do with me like he's real cautious and on but also the defensive. in Snape's brain um, Lupin could be telling or telling Harry stories about this, like, this James who Snape doesn't think exists. Right, that's So true. telling him these false, this, like, false narrative about his father. The father was so amazing and, like... Yeah. yeah. 
That's true. So. Um, ah, Severus, said Lupin, smiling. Thanks very much. Um, could you leave that? Wow. Could you leave it here on the desk for me? Snape set down the smoking goblet, his eyes wandering between Harry and Lupin. I was just showing Harry my Grindylo, he said pleasantly. Fascinating, said Harry, said Snape without looking at it. You should drink that directly, Lupin. Yes, yes, I will. I made an entire cauldron full, he continued, if you need, if you need more. Um, so this is part of it. Like, he's actually doing something good. You know what I mean? Like. Yes. Like, he's, there, it's obviously, like, Harry's about to, like, tell, like, it's, it's a dangerous <laughs> ass thing to be trusting Snape to make your, um, potions for you, um, as a Defense Against the Dark he- Arts teacher, which is what Harry is only, that's the only level that Harry knows at this mm-hmm. point, um, but Snape, you know, part, I mean, I think part of it is Dumbledore for sure, but, like, he does actually help Lupin in this, despite him being horrible the whole book. But um, I also think... Like, yeah, part of it is we, we can't escape that he's doing it. Maybe he's doing it for Dumbledore. Is that what you mean? Like, well, no, like, like he couldn't poison, he couldn't po- poison like, him he because can, like Dumbledore, Dumbledore has definitely asked him to do it so that he, yeah. that's like part of the way that he's able to teach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, that's the way Lumen's able to teach is if he has that potion and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then, be, and then obviously ask Snape because Snape's the potions master and is like the most competent at doing that in the castle. So then, if he died, if if Lupin died because he took the potion, it's very clear yeah. <laughs> what happened and who poisoned him and like all that stuff. So yeah. he would probably do it because okay, I can't. I was yeah. thinking like he wouldn't be one. He wouldn't be able to get away with it. But then also like Dumbledore would be pissed. Yeah, but yeah, I was thinking because I was also thinking like the same way that I think about. Like, okay, yeah, you're a spy and you're, you're doing all this dangerous work or whatever, but day in and day out, as we see it right now, the, with Voldemort being gone, you're a teacher, yeah. and so that's your job yeah. to do that job. The same applies here. It's like, you're a potions master. They're, you're not paying out of pocket for these things. Like True. Even when he tries to get mad at Harry, is it, um, last book, when he thinks that someone's stealing his... Who does he blame for stealing his, um... Stuff for the apology explosion? Yeah. That's in Goblet of Fire. He blames Harry. But it's really, um... Barty Crouch. Barty Crouch, yeah. Um, and he's like, if I catch you in my wares again yeah. or whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, it's, it is your wares, but, like, Hogwarts is paying for that. Mm-hmm. Like, Hogwarts... You're allowed to do all of these things because of Hogwarts, so this is now just a part of your du- your job duties. Right. Right? Like, if it was some other, if it was, when, if it wasn't Snape, I'm sure that, like, yeah, I'm positive, actually, that Dumbledore asked the potion master when Remus was going to school there to make him the drought. Well, they didn't have it at that point. Oh, they didn't? That's why they had, no, that's the, why they had the, the shot. Wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But, you know, if another... If, if thing, the potion existed at that time, yeah. then... Or yeah. if another werewolf, you know, um... Comes to comes to Hogwarts, yeah. like that will be a part of your job mm-hmm. is like to make to make sure that they're able to like mm-hmm. have this, and so yeah, have um, some goddamn chill and do your job. <laughs> I should probably take some again tomorrow. Thanks very much, Severus. Not at all, said Snape, but there was a look in his eye Harry didn't like. He backed out of the room, unsmiling and watchful. Harry looked co- uh, curiously at the goblet. Lupin smiled. Professor Snape has kindly concocted a potion for me. He said. I have never been much of a potion brewer, and this one is particularly complex. He picked up the goblet and sniffed it. Pity sugar makes it useless, he added. Why, Harry began. I've been feeling a bit off color, he said. 
the potion is uh well, <laughs> sorry the potion is the only thing that helps i'm very lucky to be working alongside professor snape there aren't many wizards who would who are up to making it um and that's more like they won't make it because he's a werewolf and they're because the like yeah. asking somebody to make the wolfsbane potion is admitting that you're a werewolf. a werewolf. Um and I just feel like they should just have it like and like you know we will we'll probably talk more about like the stigma of werewolves like later on but um they should just have wolfsbane potion like bottled and it should just be like a prescription that you get. But that's the thing about having this like the time frame that these came out and having this be an allegory to AIDS and HIV is that like even when they got the drugs because of politics and the identity of who was like supposedly Mm -hmm. getting um, AIDS and HIV like they didn't want to help gay men of course and so and that's why I'm saying like it it it, a part of it is like he's saying they're not up to making it. It's yeah. not like, oh, they don't know how. It's, it's they, they, they refuse they, to. Yeah. But I think also like having it bottled and stuff is like the same thing. It's ex- expensive. Yeah. And so if you can. And then you have to go buy it. And then the person that you're buying it from has to look at you a way or will look at you in a way. And, yeah. Um, but it's also just like you can, they. They can rest on the laurels of, well, it's an expensive potion, so mm-hmm. we don't want to carry that much. It's expensive, and it's not needed by very many people. Right. Um, but that's actually just a way to um, justify their bigotry. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Lupin took another sip. These books are amazing! Calm down. I'm sorry. What are you... Give me your phone. I can't. Give I'm... me your phone. Um, They're... The books are amazing. That's cool. That's true. Um, okay. Lupin took another sip, and Harry had a crazy urge to knock the goblet out of his hands. Calm Professor down. Snape, oh, Professor Snape's very interested in the dark arts. He blurted out, "Really?" said Snape, who looked, said, "Wow," said Lupin, who, uh, looking only mildly interested, as he took another gulp of potion. Some people reckon Harry hesitated, then plunged, then plunged recklessly on. Some people reckon he'd do anything to get the defense against the dark arts job. Lupin drained the goblet and pulled a face, disgusting. He said, well, Harry, I'd better get back to work. I'll see you at the feast later. Um, so this is funny because, like, Harry okay. thinks Snape's trying to poison him and is warning his friend. Right. That, but then also, it's, oh, that's the thing I was saying earlier, um, from, like, the page is, like, it's only on certain levels. So he actually doesn't know how deep Snape's hatred of Lupin is. Like, it's not just, oh, you have my job. It's, like, hella other stuff. But and, and, Lupin is so, and Lupin is so, like, cool about it. He's like, oh, Really? Interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's also and like, literally takes a sip. Of, doesn't he like he take takes another, another sip? Yeah, that's his sipping sips tea. Sips potion. He literally He's sips like, tea. Oh. But then there's also like another dispersion on Snape. Dispersion. I don't know. I don't know. Another knock. Another knock on the chink of armor. Whatever. What? It's another knock against Snape. Another strike. There we go. It's another strike against Snape that Harry, he's so miserable and terrible to these children that Harry, he's like, he can't not say something. But like Harry thinks that you gonna kill over this job? Yeah. Even after he thought that you were trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone and was proved wrong, Mm -hmm. right? So you'd think he'd be like, okay, look, he's a terrible human being, but he ain't trying to kill people, Mm -hmm. right? He's not, he wasn't going after the Sorcerer's Stone. He's not gonna kill someone he's just miserable he's just like filch what a better job Mm -hmm. 
Nah, Harry was like, he he's going to poison you. He's homie. going to poison you for this <laughs> this gig. <laughs> there you go, said Ron. We've got as much as we could carry. A shower of brilliantly colored sweets fell into Harry's lap. It was dusk, and Ron and Hermione just turned up in the common room, pink faced from the cold wind, and looking as though they'd have the time of their lives. Thanks, Aww. said Harry. What's Hogsmeade like? Hogsmeade like? Where did you go? By the sound of it, everywhere. Dervish and Bangs, the wizarding equipment shop, Zonko's joke shop, into three broomsticks with foaming mugs of hot butterbeer and many places besides. This is the first time we hear about butterbeer. It is. Um, So then they just kind of talk about it. Wait, Um, they have a post office, 200 miles, all sitting on shelves, shelves, all color-coded, depending on how fast you want your letter to get there. That's actually, that's really dope. That's Um, so dope. Oh, yeah, and I forgot. That means that Ron... Does not have to send Errol anywhere. That's true. Give Errol a break. Um, or have, let Errol retire. Let him chill. <laughs> Honeydukes has got a new kind of fudge. They were giving out free samples. There's a bit. Look, and we think we saw an ogre. Honestly, they get all sorts of the three broomsticks. Wish we could have brought you some butterbeer. Really warms you up. Um, what did you do? Said Hermione. Did you get any work done? <laughs> no, said Harry. Lupin made a cup of coffee and made me a cup of coffee. Uh, made Wow, why do I keep saying coffee? I don't know. I'm really tired. I was like, um, are these the English versions? But why would they say coffee? <laughs> Lupin made me a cup of tea in his office, and then Snape came in. Um, he told them all about the goblet. Ron's mouth fell open. Lupin drank it? Is he mad? Um, why do they share brain? <laughs> right? Why is their shared brain out of pocket? Right? Um, so Hermione <laughs> checks her watch and is like, we should go to the feast. But if he, you know, Hermione dro- said, dropping her voice, um, if he was trying to poison Lupin, he wouldn't have done it in front of Harry. And Hermione is, like, being reasonable, but also is not flat out saying he's not, he's not going to poison him. Which is like, Snape, this is a thing that you need to... Even Hermione thinks right. it's a possibility <laughs> that you might poison over this job. Seriously. Look inside. Seriously. Go to the Hogwarts Garden Cou- uh, Guidance Counselor and talk about... See, I usually the- wouldn't want to wish like that on anyone but Snape you know yeah. just get her to like take the take the take the hate away whoosh. <laughs> just get it out Clear, <laughs> cleanse your your soul um so they go to the entrance hall um for the feast the food was delicious even Hermione and Ron who were full to bursting on Honeyduke's sweets managed second helpings of everything Harry kept glancing at the staff table Professor Lupin looked cheerful as and as well as he ever did he was talking animatedly to tiny little Professor Flitwick, the charm teacher. Harry moving his moved his eyes along the table to the place where Snape sat. Was he imagining it, or was, were Snape's eyes flickering towards Lupin more often than usual? And I was t- thinking about that as he's worried about the change, um, because he's looking. He's not looking at Lupin like, oh, is he about to drop dead because I poisoned him? But like, is the potion working? Like, we about to have this werewolf mm-hmm. around. You know, he's he's worried about it because he is not above werewolf, anti-werewolf sentiment. Yeah. Um, so the feast finished with an in- with entertainment provided by the Hogwarts ghosts. Um, it had been such a pleasant evening that Harry's good mood couldn't be spoiled, even by Malfoy, who shouted through the crowd. The Dementors send their love, Potter. Like, let it go. It's been a month. It's, it's been, been like two, months. two months. So you gotta chill. The joke is dead. Um, Harry and Ron followed the rest of Gryffindor's back um, to the tower, um, and that ended with the portrait of the fat lady. They found it jammed with students. Why isn't anyone going in? Ron said curiously. And then um, let me, yeah, Percy. Percy. <laughs> let me through, please. What's the hold up here? You can't have all forgotten the password. Excuse me, I'm head boy. <laughs> um, there was a silence fell over the crowd. 
Um, they heard Percy say in a sh- suddenly sharp voice, su- voice, somebody get Professor Dumbledore, quick. Um, What's going on, said Ginny, who had just arrived. A, a moment later, Professor Dumbledore was there, sweeping toward the portrait. The Gryffindors squeezed together to let him through, and Harry, Haran, and Hermione moved closer to see what, what the trouble was. They probably, like, swept in, but mm-hmm. right behind him. Right like... behind him. <laughs> I've used that move so many times in concert. Um, oh my, said Hermione, grabbing Harry's arm. The fat lady had vanished from her portrait, which had been slashed so viciously that strips of canvas littered the floor. Great chunks of it had been torn away completely. Dumbledore took one look at the ruined painting and his eyes, and turned his eyes somber to see Professor McGonagall, Lupin, and Snape hurrying toward him. We need, we need to, to find, find her. her. Oh, sorry. No problem. Uh, we need to find her, said Dumbledore. Professor McGonagall, please go to see Mr. Filch at once and tell him to search every painting in the castle for the fat lady. You'll be lucky, said a cap cackling voice it was peeves the poltergeist bobbing over the crowd and looking delighted as he always did at the sight of wreckage or worry what do you mean peeves said dumbledore calmly and peeves grin faded a little he didn't dare taunt dumbledore instead he adopted an oily voice that was no better than his cackle i'm actually curious like did peeves taunt dumbledore when he was oh i'm sure (laughs) and i think that's actually hilarious and now he's like i remember i remember you when you were but so doesn't percy um do something to Peeves and it's like, oh no, no, Lupin does. Lupin oh, yeah, does that trick to Peeves uh-huh. and it's like, this is a handy trick. And I think that Peeves, not like, isn't he nicer to people like that stand up to him or come back mm-hmm. at him, but he respects them a little bit more. Yeah. And so I feel like at some point, he taunted Dumbledore and Dumbledore did some real shit to him and he was like, oh, oh. all right, let me go over here to him. <laughs> and that's with these kids. Same thing with like Lupin and the Marauders and like with Fred and George. Like mm-hmm. he has like a respect of their magical ability and the fact that they will clap back at him. Yeah. Um, um, ashamed your headship, sir. Doesn't want to be seen. She's a horrible mess. Saw her running through the landscape up on the fourth floor, sir. Dodging between the trees, crying something dreadful, he said happily. Poor thing, he added unconvincingly. Um, did she say who did it, said Dumbledore quietly. Of course, Professor Professor Head. He got very angry. <laughs> he got very angry when she wouldn't let him in, you see. Peeves flipped over and grinned at Dumbledore from between his own legs. Nasty temper he's got, that serious black. But also, it's serious. It is serious. So, who did you bench? Scabbers. This is why all this shit is happening. He needs to go be a man, or don't even, just go away. Go away. Be a human. Go be a rat in a forest. No, he needs justice. Justice. I go, bitched, be a, go be a person. I bitched Harry. Why? I was just, I didn't really know who, and I was thinking, like, oh, Scabbers would have been good, because that was, a, but it was by the beginning of the chapter, and I didn't carry it through. Um, and so I kind of bitched Harry, because he didn't, I don't think he handled Hogs to the greatest, and then he, I understand, like, him wanting more information of, from Lupin about, um why he didn't let him face a bogart and things like that. But I also just kind of felt like you're... This is kind of like a blaming the victim type of thing, but, like, you're so worried about how you looked or how people perceive your strength and stuff like that that you're not thinking logically about the fact that you do have some dark traumas that, like, actually mean that you're strong because you have, like, your fears are darker than a lot of these, like third years can handle. Right. And so you should try to look at it always look on the bright side <laughs> of life. Okay. 
Awesome. Who was your MVP? <laughs> Remus! Same. Same. I loved all the bonding that he did. And he's just like, he's Uncle... I don't want to say Uncle Remus, because isn't that like... A little creepy? No. Oh. Is it Uncle Remus a thing? You know, like, the old black dude? It doesn't I matter. Think Uncle Remus is a thing, but... Um, I'm gonna Google it. Okay. Maybe not. Um, anyway, it was just awesome. Yeah, that was the, it. I, is a thing. Oh, it is. It's a um. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Ooh, I did not know that. I'm learning something new every. Ew. Jeez. Okay. Um, I I also love the bonding, but I also love the the thing about Remus that I think like I love the most is that he doesn't, he tries to bond with Harry on, like, where they're at now, and he doesn't bring up his parents, he doesn't bring up Sirius, he doesn't go the quick route to Harry's heart, like, he wants to, like, get to know him for who he is now, and he wants Harry to get to know him for who he is, and Mm -hmm. then he slowly introduces the fact that he knows, he knew his parents, and then also slowly introduces the fact of how close he was with his parents. Yep. Um... And the thing is, like, and he... And that's really hard. And a part... And that, and it's, like, the way that he does... Like, he's not... He didn't immediately come to Harry, like, hey, <laughs> I was best friends with your parents. He's, like, really trying to make sure that he's okay. And, like, he sees, like, the kind of person that Harry needs. Mm-hmm. And that's what he goes to. Not just, like, hey, I'm trying to get close. It's, like... And this is not even... It's kind of shade on serious, but not really. It's just, um... Well, you know, like, the way that but Sirius it's interacts... But it's granted shade on Sirius, yeah, so. but it's, like, yeah. the way that Sirius interacts with Harry, while he cares about him deeply and, like, does, like, a, like goes out of his way to make sure that Harry is okay, also the way that he interacts with him is in a way that's, like, very closely tied to his um, relationship with James, and it's kind of like he's living vicariously, and he has a lot of... But I also think, but too, with... Same, whereas, like, Remus is very much, like, he recognizes that he's the adult mm-hmm. in the relationship, and... That, like, while he cares about Harry deeply, and, like, obviously we don't know anything about his past in this moment in the book, but you can tell that he has a deeper connection with Harry than, like, the other students. students. Um, but he's very clear on those boundaries. And it's, like, even with Hagrid. He's, Hagrid doesn't have boundaries, whereas, like, yeah. Lupin is, like, I'm a teacher here, um, regardless of, like, my own personal feelings. Like, I'm... But I also think it's, like, from the kid's perspective, which is really funny how, like, certain things I still take from the perspective of the students, and now I'm, like, also older, so I'm seeing things from the perspective of the teachers, but from Harry's perspective, like, there is a way that you're, like, friends, like, in in life in general, like, the way that my dad's friends come at me, who, like, I don't remember, Mm -hmm. but they remember me since I was, like, a baby or something, and, like, we saw, like... They saw me when I was a baby, and they just take for granted, like, their status in my life. Right. And it's like, well, it's been a while. We don't talk like that. Like, maybe you know about me because you talk to my mom and dad, but I don't know you. Um, And I think that there is this, like, um, this liberty or this privilege that, like, older people take with kids that they, like, know, or they're just like, oh, you family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like... And you're like, really? Okay, but you ain't my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, like, Remus does that... Or not Remus, sorry. Sirius does that. Sirius hops back into Harry's life as if the past 12 years were traumatic and didn't alter who Harry is. Or him. Or alter who Sirius is, yeah. Um, and as if 
he had been in his life. And that, I think, is in a way, like, he feels guilty that he missed that chunk of time and wants to try to, like, make up for it. Mm -hmm. And, like, Remus doesn't try to make up for that time. He tries to, like, fit in... Where Harry is at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got more sense than Sirius, but that doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean that either of them are better. They're literally both... each other. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Next week we will be discussing Chapter 9 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Grim Defeat. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can add us at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Um, if you want to talk about it on Facebook, um, then join our Wizard Team group. Or if you're already in it, just start a thread. Um, we do, let's do this. We do this every day. We in that Potter life. Or day. Wizard team. Um, oh, she made the weather team gang sign. Um, yeah, so make sure to check out our website, blackgirlsnerdout.com. Um, follow us on Twitter, uh, hashtag wizard team with your thoughts, and do not forget to vote. Who is your real MVP and who is benched? Yeah. Also, um, my real MVP, timey wimey, but always important, is Luis. I'm going to get his name wrong because someone stole my phone. But the um, worker from the Orlando world of Harry Potter who passed at uh, the Pulse shooting in, in Orlando. Um, and everyone that passed at the Pulse shooting in Orlando. But um, wands up for Luis Vega. And we will... I just want a, mom- like a moment to um, acknowledge that he was 22 and if he knew about this he'd probably be on the team Luis Velma um and I'm sorry I never got to meet you um and nerd out about Harry Potter with you so on that note we'll see you next week (laughs) 